1: Today on the Watch Top podcast, uh, we welcome Josh Berwanger from the band Anniversary um and ray harkins and i are very excited to have you um and interesting enough this came about where someone uh told me on twitter that we should interview you randomly contacted you through twitter you hit me back so the magic of twitter here we are thanks for joining us
2: no problem thanks for that one guy who still remembers the anniversary
1: (laughs) so that's awesome um i just really want to you know um talk a little bit about the start and you know, some of your favorite albums growing up, um, you have a lot of different influences, I feel like, with, um, the anniversary, um, Uh and kind of what was sort of the, 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 path to, uh, 97 almost?
2: Um, well, where should I start here, for early influences, or? Yeah. Uh, I, I was, I got really into, a lot of people call it heavy metal, I call it Rock and roll uh, when I was really young um, in like third grade I got like a Diamond Rex record and a M- uh, Molly crew record At my actually uh, the, when I made my first communion I was going to a Catholic school and I, I, you know I got a, a boombox for for doing that. My mom gave me 10 bucks and she was like go buy whatever tape you want so I went to the, the local tape world and uh,
1: I go yeah tatters- tape world.
2: It's Tape World, gosh, they, I, I, think it, I think people should start Tape World again. <laughs> I, think, I think there's a lot. Uh, I don't know, it was a cool place, it had a cool logo. But uh, I bought uh, Motley Crew Shout at the Devil, and I remember bringing it home, and I was like, I hope it's shout bad things at the Devil, and I was like, it is. <laughs> and I, I really thought it was to, to this day. But, uh, so I was really into, you know, Ozzy and Tribute, that record, and, uh, Appetite for Destruction, that was huge, and then Black Sabbath, and then Alice Cooper, um, Kiss, and all that stuff, and, uh, I don't know, that was my earliest influence, seeing the Paradise City video by Guns N' Roses was, was, was like, life-changing to me, um, so, and still to this day, I love all that stuff, um, I still listen to pretty much. Guns N' Roses on a weekly basis. Nice. Um, And then, I don't know that, just, you know, how it is, and, uh, oh, I guess a lot of kids out there don't know how it is anymore. I mean, I feel it was kind of like, you know, you you heard Motley Crue or something, and then you saw that they liked Kiss, and then you saw Kiss liked Iggy and the Stooges, or you saw Nikki Six liked Iggy and the Stooges, or you saw, you know, and Iggy and the Stooges liked... M C five and Alice Cooper and the Fleming Groovies and I just started like tracking music of uh, who the and what their influences were. And it, it just you know, as I got older, especially in high school, I just got all the way back to like Led Zeppelin and then earlier folk and then, you know, slave songs that were recorded and my influences were just Everywhere, and uh, you know, I think nowadays I kind of listen to older soul music and punk rock music mostly. But uh, I don't know. That's it's. You're when you're asking the question. I mean, it was. You're right. It was just a
0: anniversary.
2: It was just a huge, huge list of influences, and it was constantly growing, and uh, we we're constantly looking for music anywhere we could go um and that was one of the cooler things about the band i thought really but um well i always thought
1: too that you guys were kind of the different you know and this isn't a bad thing the different band on vagrant and i kind of want to talk about that you know later but i think when you guys formed was it all you guys all had you know different views i mean sometimes bands come together and it's all the same genre they're all the same you guys have this vision we want to sound like no effects or you know whatever the band is and you guys, when you guys formed, I mean, what were some of the, you know, feelings around? Were you Did you feel, like, different when you were playing stuff? And then kind of getting lumped into a scene and a genre?
2: Yeah, I kind of. I, I had no idea. I, mean, I remember having this conversation with Jim, David, our bass player, at one point where the name Emo, the word Emo came up, and I was like, what's Emo? And he was like, I don't know, it's like Sunny Day Real Estate, or he uh, said Sunny Day Real Estate and maybe Karate or Jimmy World or someone, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was like, huh, and I, I was like, the well, well, as far as like that style, like college rock indie music, I was really into like Sababa and Pavement and Dinosaur Junior, and that, that sort of more like alternative rock is kind of what they called it, mm-hmm. and, um, I, I you know to this day I couldn't even name any real estate song, uh, and uh, I guess I had some slint records. I guess they're kind of considered emo, but uh, so you know none of us really knew that whole emo thing. It was more of just like you know I could I remember being influenced by the Rentals a little bit and the Cars, and uh, I mean when the that first Rentals record came out. I remember Justin and I were just like, "Whoa, that keyboard's so cool," and the girls in it is just so different sounding. And um, you know, we had a girl in the band, and we had a mood already, and we kind of sounded more like a—I don't know—we kind of sounded more like a more punk rock Weezer at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I mean, I'm a fan of people like Rolling Stones and. You know, just it was never was kind of like what Vagrant was. And uh, we, I kind of, you know, we did, we were kind of the outcast of the label. And we kind of always,
0: in a way, were treated
2: that way. And there wasn't essentially a bad thing. It was just, uh, I think, there were times where, especially when we put out Your Majesty, um, where they just had never dealt with a record like that before and a lot of their outlets were towards more of like an emo, you know, like alternative press style uh, magazines, and we wanted to go like, we wanted to be reviewed in Mojo magazine, you know, and I think it was kind of, I think the record kind of got lost a little bit in uh, the places it should have gone, And, and rather than the places that it went. Does that make
1: sense? Yeah, no, totally. I, there were some bands that, I mean, I'm sure Ray can attest to, there's some bands that I've worked that, you know, we were in a certain scene at the time at the label, and we were working this band that was completely different, and we just didn't have those contacts at, you know, a pitchfork or whatever those whatever the, the site or the, the magazine was at the time. Right. It didn't, and, and you couldn't, like, convince them at all because the label was such a big point to it where whatever the label was like you saw vagrant and you were like okay emo band
2: exactly and that's the the next thing i mean you know i'm not saying we couldn't have made that record without vagrant they were so great to us and i I always love that label um and it, it wasn't like it was i'm like saying it was their fault it was just we were doing something different and it was just it was a hard spot for probably us to put out a record that was different, and for them to like try and find outlets like that because that you know, Pitchfork's a perfect example. I mean, once they saw a vagrant label on it, whether it was the next Beach Boys P- Pet Tunts record, they're not
3: gonna like it, you yeah. know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, lucky yeah. to, to jump in, like, if you guys, I, I do believe that if you guys were to release a record on like Merge then people would have obviously opened their eyes and been like, oh, yeah, maybe this sounds more like super chunk than anything else.
2: Yeah, exactly. Isn't that, I mean, isn't it just so ridiculous how, I mean, I guess you can say anything in the world, how things work, but, uh, I mean, especially music. I mean, I don't know, and look at Vagrant now. I mean, it's kind of more in the merged style of music that would you guys say so i mean I kind of 100
1: percent. i mean with the hold steady pj harvey like all those kind of things have definitely changed and sort of moved them outside of it and um i think it took a long time
2: yeah i i mean I'd, i kind of look at that sometimes i'd like to say where we had some reason behind that that we probably didn't at all but <laughs> 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 but, uh, but yeah uh it, I it's just a weird thing how you can put your label on, you could cut, put your music out on merge and it could be like the most um, it could be I'm trying to think of a band it could be like Reggie and the Full Effect and mm-hmm. people will think it's like this art driven record that has this you know, whatever, and then you put it on Vagrant. It's just like a pop punk record,
1: you know. I always think the same thing too with um, anything Mike Patton puts his finger on, like uh-huh. if you like if you put it out on um, like a metal label, like Metal Blade or something. Which I love Metal Blade. They, yeah. you know. But if Patton puts it out, it's got this whole other realm to it.
2: Art quality. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that's, that's a good example. Yeah. Well, and I also
3: I, I also find it funny because a lot of the people that are involved in music as involved as like we all have been, then you have your, you know, 14 and 15 year old kid just today, because, you know, kids of that age, they don't give a, a shit about what label puts a record out. Whereas like obviously the time that we're speaking about whatever record, you're, whatever record label you signed to that defined you in a way.
2: That's true. I guess I really don't think about that anymore either. How like today is, so much it's just like people don't even check record labels because for the most part um compared to 10 years ago because it's like you know i mean i know i still do so i guess this i mean not that it i judge what it is but i mean i'll like see a record and i'll if i like it a lot i'll go check out the label and see what else is on it but like today it's just it's an MP3, and if you like, if everyone else likes it, you buy it, and you never check the, I mean, I was, I just recorded a new record, and I was thinking about the liner notes, and I was like, gosh, it, it, people probably don't even check that anymore, really, unless, you know, you collect vinyl, and I do, but, uh, you know, is that right?
1: And yeah. yeah, No one's. No one is checking any of that. No, and it's like, is anyone downloading to the iTunes and then check? No, it's what's this song? It's three and a half minutes. I'm gonna put it on my iPod and I'm gonna, you know, go to school and it's gonna be the one of 50 songs that they have. And I also think too the. There's it's this mindset of there isn't a record, it's not like a scene, like, they listen to everything it's, I think it's they listen to yeah. pop, they listen to metal they listen to dubstep, they listen to dance, they, they, there's no like in that whole, I think Ray we've talked about this a bunch, where there's labels and there's tours that try to shove down you're gonna listen to this genre tonight and I think kids aren't like that like, the kid at the Skrillex show might like Justin Bieber, just as much, or another artist that might be make more sense, but something that they're so into, and now, and it's like the 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 establishment's trying to set them down one track, but the kid doesn't care. Right. Right. <laughs> I don't care. You know, yeah, I liked right. those hardcore shows with the post hardcore and maybe the emo band. I loved it. Oh
2: uh, yeah. I mean, I totally agree. I mean, I remember when we used to play with- you know, it'd be coalesce, Get Up Kids, an Anniversary, and it was...
1: That sounds like a great fucking show. <laughs> yeah. That,
2: annivers- that one-time anniversary, which I still think, if you liked the anniversary, maybe you didn't, which is fine, uh, uh, we, we took this, we went on tour, and it was, uh, this is unbelievable that we were actually headlining this, but it was uh, Mesa State opening, then Super Drag, then Mars Volta, then us.
3: That's awesome.
2: And it was <laughs> wow. like and it, it was like you know i think of that tour and it, it was the coolest lineup of music i mean you had your total pop of mesa state you had just a great rock and roll band super drag you had mars volta who you know mars volta i don't know i can't really describe them and, and anniversary is just kind of a rock and roll band as well and it was just like so different and diverse i was I don't know, I always thought that was a cool tour.
1: Did you feel like the crowd was different? Did you feel it older? Not, did you feel it so was it like much. the same kids?
2: Not so much. It was uh I felt it was a it was a great group of uh you know, when we played LA, of course it was like written about in Rolling Stone as Mars Volta's show I and mean, they didn't mention any I not they did any of the other bands.
1: That's awesome.
2: But uh it was uh I mean it was just a. you know, with the year majesty record for anniversary at least. Uh, I felt we got a little older of an audience in certain, uh, you know, areas, and that was kind of cool. So, our, and then there's a group of people who hated us after that record, like, and then there's a group more. I think there's more of a group of people who really liked us more, so.
1: I, I, I think that's how it always happens though. It's yeah, you, yeah. you 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 release the record, they hate it, and then ten years later they say, Oh man, you guys were awesome. I mean I didn't go to the show, but I like your record now. <laughs> I think if you I think if you know you have a good record and I think there's
2: times you know and there's times you don't you you know it's not that good. But I think if you know that people if you know and then it comes out and people are saying it's the best thing ever and it's the worst thing ever. You know you have something pretty good. So, how did you?
3: Uh, how, how did you guys get originally hooked up with um, you know vagrant get up kids and all that type of stuff?
2: Just uh, playing around. We were friends with the get up kids. They were all in these other. Uh, I think in all of our high school bands: Justin's band, my band, Pryor's band, Subject's band. We all played this benefit show this one time. It was before we all really knew each other, and uh, it was, like, gosh, it was probably, like, 95 or 96. And uh, so, you know, we had all been on the scene in Kansas City, and then uh, they did the Get Up Kids, and we were in the anniversary just started hanging out and uh, playing some shows together. And then Adrian and Rob started dating, and uh, they signed a vagrant, and then we, you know, they had our demos and stuff, and gave them to Vagrant. And then they started that little imprint label, Heroes and Villains, and Vagrant liked it, and that's kind of how it happened. So, just you just got to know people. <laughs> <laughs> it all very... comes down to knowing people. Be nice to everyone.
1: It's you know very true.
2: It really is. It's, I'm working on a graphic design degree right now, and I'm like, it's kind of just. It's
1: it'll be nice to have that piece of
2: paper, but it's
1: really who cool. I know. Yeah, I what uh, I'll do with it. No, I think too. I mean, let's. I mean, I, we've been talking about Your Majesty a little bit. I wanted to, you know, talk about the first record. Um, you know, obviously being vagrant, having those first tours, going out with the Get Up Kids, it was definitely different for fans. It was different for me to see you guys. It wasn't. It wasn't what we were expecting, and um, good and bad. And what were some of the, you know, thing kind of from that first tour? Is anything that you remember from it?
2: We, uh, it was a good tour. I mean, it was, you know, we had toured actually, um, a couple times up by ourselves before we did that tour, so I felt we had built in, um, a pretty good little following, because um, we had toured with Hot Rod Circuit a couple times on the east and west coast, and then, um, a few times just kind of by ourselves with random bands here and there, and, um, I mean, it was great. It was a, it was, it was always fun touring with them. I mean, I think we toured Europe with the Get Up Kids too, um, before that. So, you know, it was. We just were all so close at that time, um, that it was kind of, you know, just a big group of family-esque in a way. Of uh, you know, everyone kind of knew, everyone knew each other, and everyone knew what to expect, and. Uh, shows were all great I mean, I I think the Get Up Kids fans have always been completely open to whoever they bring on tour with them and I think they've always, it seems like whether they like the band or not they're always like treating them really well and would check out some merch because I remember there's a couple tours where they took out this band called Jebediah from Australia and then another one where they took out this band called Seafood from London and I was like, kids have really never heard of that. But I remember them, like, really giving, like, listening to them and giving them a chance. I'm like, you know, we've definitely been on other tours where that wasn't always the case.
3: I felt like a lot of people either landed on uh, one or the other side when it came to the anniversary. People either, just more so with the first record, um, they either loved you guys or they totally hated it. Um, you know, either just because, you know, for whatever reason, they stylistically thought that you might have been too similar to the Get kid of Kids or whatever. And there's millions of reasons why people don't like the bands. But did you uh, did you guys see kind of feel that response where it's like kids either got you or they didn't?
2: Um, I, I remember when the first record came out in June, and the first tour, and people were like, I, I remember once going into loading into a show and there was some other band. They're like, they're just. They're just ripping off the get-up kids. to sound exactly like them. And I was like... I I just remember hearing that, and I was like, I never had thought of that before. I'd never heard that we sounded anything like them. I was just like, well, they added a keyboard after they saw us play. I was like, so that's technically them trying to sound more like us. Not that that matters anyways, because almost every band I know has a keyboard. And I just never heard... I never, you know, we had a girl in the van. I felt like our songs were different, and um, I don't know. It's, you know, it's hard for me to, like, really, like, put the two together because I always felt they were so, like, Matt's vocals and Jim's vocals sounded so much more different than the vocals that we had going on in the anniversary, and I, I felt the songs were a lot different. and I don't know. I think people just either liked it or didn't and i think more people in that scene seemed to have more positive things to say than negative but i was never paying attention to it really
1: yeah and i thought i thought too i mean the i think you're totally right about it being this open thing cuz i think people were accepting of it they liked vagrant they liked the bands they they were like well it's signed for a reason they want to yeah. they wanted to check it out and i think that was you know something good and i i thought too that you guys did different stuff i mean the split was super jagged was awesome um yeah, i mean you guys I, did a tour with guided by voices um yeah. which you know i was gonna ask and um i used to work at tvt records when uh-huh. you guys did the deal um and i was wondering you guys had was i read something online that you had a delayed release for your majesty was that because of tvt or was that like some other you know thing that's not just need to be discussed or whatever some 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 bullshit but um, I just know there was a bunch of back and forth with those two labels at that time.
2: You know, that's a good question. I never really thought of that until right now, but it was I totally forgot that your majesty was supposed to come out way earlier, and it didn't. And we were supposed to have been touring on that record when we were doing those Mars Volta and Super Drag and Make the State shows. But that whole tour, was, that was supposed to be your majesty's story not just the tour, but uh, it ended up coming out way later. And that tour was hell for us, now that I think about it. And because we wanted to be playing all new songs, and the crowd didn't want to hear that at all. And so we were playing a majority of new songs. I remember the shows were just, the shows just kept getting kind of worse for us because half of us wanted to play new songs and half of us wanted to play old songs. And I just remember arguing a lot because I remember just kids not liking the shows. I mean, you know, the majority of the crowd. the anniversary drama and what happened then you need to do some digging on the internet because <laughs> not going to talk about it right now but yeah. uh, like uh, we have, you know and all in that offer from DreamWorks and that and signed a new management and uh, we just weren't getting along anymore and we you know we toured with we did a lot of touring we toured with like Modest Mouse and God of Our Voices and did a cheap trick tour which was really weird and uh and they we were writing some new songs, and just no one was getting along in the band anymore, and we just kind of grew apart, and you know, felt like some of us didn't know each other anymore, and it was kind of a really sad thing in a way, um, so, you know, we had a meeting and broke up, and that was that, kind of.
1: Um, I just want to talk about The Only Children and kind of what you learned after, you know, kind of doing things on your own and, you know, not having the whole band. And what what were some stuff that you kind of learned from it and missed and and liked?
2: Um, well, it was,
0: uh,
2: I found it to be a lot harder. I mean, it was, you know, switching from having, you know, a lot of support from a label and, um, you know, being able to get on tours and stuff and signing to a really small label, which was Globe Records, and they're a really cool little label, but they're a really little label. And I actually, you know, signed with them while the anniversary was still together, and I was just planning on doing something really small on the side, and then we broke up and it just kind of turned into, that was what I'm doing now. And, uh, you know, I, I felt you know, I recorded a new record, uh, or recorded a record with it, and uh, I still think that's a pretty good record, and uh, it's called "Change of Living," um, and it was a little different than the anniversary, but uh, it's kind of what I was doing at the time, and ended up going on tour, and it was just kind of a disaster, and didn't really work out, and kind of, uh, I don't know, that was kind of, that was kind of the end of me. Really trying to push to do music anymore,
1: and then I can—I mean, I think um, this—you know—I want to talk about your um, new stuff um, toward the uh-huh. end. But I think it kind of leads into um, this other exciting thing that you're doing. Um, you're teaching. You're—you uh, know—you're um, coaching basketball. Like, how did all that uh-huh. come about? Did you did you did you go to this school that you're now teaching at?
2: Yeah, I graduated high school from there. Oh, so. nice.
1: Now the school's Northwest Blue Valley, right? Northwest, yeah.
2: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I moved to Canada for a while. And then, uh, when I moved back, um, I ran into an old teacher and I felt I was looking for, I was looking for a job really. And, uh, I felt like the only things I really knew about were music and basketball. So I, she was like, they're hired. They have a position open for, uh, girls basketball. And I was like, really? And so I went and, uh, Interviewed for the job and got it. This is this is my seventh year doing it. So. That's
1: awesome. Now, did you start coaching freshmen and then now you're doing JV? Correct. Yeah,
2: I started. I started in the lowest level, the freshman B team. Did that for two years and then I got uh and then I got off for we hired a new coach, a head coach, and he asked me if I wanted to be the JV or varsity coach. And then at that same time, the boys coach asked me if I wanted to coach boys. Uh, but I just, I, I don't know, I, I, I think I may prefer like on a Saturday watching guys' basketball, but I prefer coaching girls' basketball.
1: Interesting. It's,
2: just, uh, it's, it's a different different, but it's uh, you deal with a lot of less ego. Yeah, I was a giant
1: yes. asshole when I played in high school. <laughs> you have to,
2: you, uh, Af- you know. And-
1: I actually won the, we had a three-point award, like Mr. Three, uh-huh. every year, and they uh-huh. gave it to one kid in the entire school, and I won it freshman year, and um, and so from that point on, I was like, well, it I, was over. I was like, I can just chuck threes all day. I obviously, <laughs> I, you know, it didn't, I actually didn't make the varsity team for our senior year or our junior year when we actually won the state title. But it was like one of those things. Dang. Where it was actually, it won the state title. That's nice. Um, did you play growing up too? I did play. Nice. So, yeah,
2: you know, I played and my dad coached and my uncles coached AAU. And uh so I just uh I don't know, been in gyms if I wasn't I while doing music I was nowhere near it. Yeah. But uh, if I was doing anything with basketball we would be ending a show early to go watch KU play or something. Nice. Which we did numerous times. why did they only play seven songs? <laughs> we had Twitter, it's like KU games on, short set tonight.
3: Do you do you uh do you teach at the school as well?
2: I was working there as a para for the last three years, and this year I stopped doing that and uh, enrolled back into college, because so, I never got my degree, because I enrolled into KU in 97, and then or 98, and then we got signed like a year later, and just, you know, decided to go tour the world instead.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think that's I think that's not a bad thing at all. <laughs> Priority has
2: prior <is> definitely changed. <laughs> exactly. So now I'm the weird old person in the back of the classroom. <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you turn around and you see this creepy dude in the back taking notes and completely clueless as to what the professor's talking about, it might be me.
1: You know what I was—you know—I was bummed about is I was trying to find footage of you online, freaking out after a call or getting thrown out of a game. I was thinking with the power of YouTube, but I couldn't find anything. Is there any uh, um, what? Is there any uh, things coaching girls basketball? Have you have you lost your mind on a ref for a you know flagrant it's, it's, flagrant
2: call? Really funny you say that. <laughs> so my team this year, I'm, I'm a head JV coach and then assistant varsity. So my JV team this year. We're saying we're undefeated. We've lost one game, and it was to a Catholic school. And we were playing there. We were up 12 points at halftime. And no, I haven't had a girl foul out this is, or been in foul trouble this entire year. We come out in the third quarter. We have 10 fouls against us in the first four minutes of the game. So the other team's in the double bonus already. It was within four minutes. That's, like, hard to do. Yes. You know? It's, like, hard to call that many fouls. They went to the free throw line, I think. Went to the free throw line 26 times. Uh, we ended up getting the game into overtime somehow. I have no idea how we did it. Because <laughs> um, I, in the third quarter, like towards the end, I was like, I pulled the rest aside and I was like, Hey, what are what are we doing different this half than we did in the first half? Because there weren't this many fouls called. We aren't doing anything different. I mean, the fouls were ridiculous, and he just walked away. We wow. wouldn't even answer. So two minutes later, I got a technical. <laughs> Yeah.
3: I, pretty, I, I
2: pretty much ran onto the court after a call, teeing my, giving myself the technical sign yep. and saying oh. bullshit. Was, uh, the oh, Lord. I wanted to just,
1: where is, why isn't this online? <laughs> I
2: know, and it's like, it was really bad, too, because it's was at a Catholic school, <laughs> and, and I had to have a meeting with our athletic director afterwards for but, being out but, of line. And But uh, see, that just... But,
3: that just sounds like it was, there's no way that anybody couldn't have reacted that way. He was building up all game, and it just oh, I, had, to, had to come out.
2: You know, I had parents. I was talking to our head coach about it. And I was like, am I wrong? And he was like, no, you weren't. I mean, it's just, you know, there's nothing. It's, you're in this heated you know battle. And then I was like, have you had any of our parents complain? And he said, no. I said, then we don't have a problem. You know? <laughs> I had, mostly I had our parents kind of coming up and being like, hey, I'm sorry you had to do that. I'm glad you stuck up for the team, though. And then I had this other parent come up to me, and he goes, I, I uh, videotaped part of the game with my phone, and he sent it to me, and it's like the last play of the game. We have the ball. We're down by two. We're dribbling up across the court. My point guard makes a pass. The girl from the other team kicks the ball. My girl goes after it on the sideline. The girl from the other team undercuts her. They call it no foul, no kick, and out on us.
1: Oh my God!
2: And it was just like, and it's like you know, this sounds kind of so, a lot of people don't understand. It's like, and especially it's like girls high school basketball. They're like, oh whatever. But I mean, I'm very invested into this. You know, I spend a lot of time doing it, so it's really stressful. So, but. The irony is we play them again in about an hour and a half So tonight, so we're going to try and look to get some
1: revenge tonight. Oh, we are pulling for you. I hope this game, I'm going to be looking for some footage.
2: <laughs> I wish I could. Uh, they don't, you know, JV Basketball doesn't get put online too much <laughs> in live
1: streams. Ray, I think we should work on that. I think, I think this would be an interesting thing to put on the
3: site. <laughs> it, I, I think, yeah, we just start to cover uh, you know, jay and freshman athletics and people are like, what are you guys doing? I thought you were talking about
2: <laughs> rock and roll coaches in uh, high school exactly school it a documentary.
3: well, it seems like, honestly there is a huge trend, I think, within independent music where people that, you know don't, aren't involved in bands anymore, they transition into teaching just because uh-huh. it's like there's there's an obvious connection there.
2: Yeah, I think that's you know that's totally true. I, for me, and I'd feel the same way. I would think the same way for other people. Is it's like you're doing music, and you're you're doing it because it's an artistic outlet. And while you're doing it, there's so many people who just become involved and like come up to you and are like, "Thank you so much. It's just you don't know how much has changed my life." And for me, it was kind of like, "What can I still do?" To like help impact people, or like be an influence on someone's life, and I, I mean, I feel like I've kind of seen a lot in the world, and it's you know, for for athletics, it's like kind of helping kids to try to see like the bigger picture of things and not this concrete suburban life that they live in, you
3: know. Well, it gives it, and also gives you the opportunity to show that you can start stuff in high school because I think there's a huge barrier in kids' heads that, you know, when you're in high school, you've got no say, you know, you have to go to school. There's all these things you have to do. But it's like you you can start a band. You can do a lot of stuff, you know, in conjunction with what you already have to do. And yeah, I think a person that has your, you know, knowledge, you can be like, yo, start a band. You'll be you'll be surprised where it takes you.
2: Yeah, it's 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 pretty neat. I mean, I've had a couple of kids come up and be like, "Can you come to one of our practices?" And I was like, "Yeah, maybe." I was like, "Yeah, I don't know." <laughs>
3: <laughs> That'd be amazing. You could just start. You could just start a, a whole independent uh, business on consulting kids in their garages.
2: <laughs> Gosh, that might be the next money maker.
1: <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, I was gonna do a couple more things on basketball. Your favorite team is obviously Kansas, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm a, you know, I, I like the Hoosiers, Indiana, and I like Kansas, and um, then every once in a while, you know, I'll find this, some other team will kind of, you'll see a cool coach, and, you know, start liking a certain team every once in a while, so, but those are my two main teams.
3: Who's your, who's your most despised team, though? That'll really tell you something.
2: Well, I just can't, I really can't stand Kentucky. Good and, man. I, mean, I just. And he's, he's such an underachiever as a coach. I mean, look at the teams he's had the last couple of years, and you just can't win a championship.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, I think, him, I think him and Rick Barnes are the two most underachieving coaches in college basketball. I mean, look at the players they've had. I mean, Derek Rose, Texas had Kevin Durant. I mean, I don't even think they made it to the Elite Eight with Kevin Durant.
3: Yeah,
1: exactly. Who's the coach Dude, from the Bearcats, the the Cincinnati Bearcats? Huggins. Yeah. Did you know that while he was there, uh, guess how many players graduated?
2: Oh, he had the lowest zero. Uh, yeah, yeah, zero. <laughs> I think in, in like the like his stats are the lowest in college
3: basketball ever.
1: Yeah, and still has a job. I forget where he is, but like, it, it,
3: that's crazy. He's talk since- t- talk talk about instilling a work ethic. <laughs>
2: A good, positive, solid work ethic. This is what we're going to do, guys.
1: <laughs> um, I am, I'm a, a huge Paul Pierce Celtics fan, so I know he oh, loves yeah. Kansas. Hey, he played at KU. Yes, that's why I brought it up. It's, yeah? Yeah, it's huge. Uh, he always. I know he sometimes mentions that on uh, Facebook or Twitter and stuff. I know he always does. I, I
2: love Paul Pierce. He's awesome.
1: And for him to be on a team for this long, will pro- I don't know if it'll ever happen again. Um, staying with one yeah. team.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean he's always been a Celtic. will always be a Celtic. Uh dude, the Celtics are struggling a lot. They bit dude, though.
1: last night was so we're uh, I don't know when this is gonna air, but by the way, they, we lost to Detroit again. I was watching Detroit? it Detroit? We lost to Detroit again.
3: Ugh. <laughs> and it wasn't close. It wasn't close. <laughs> and it we have
1: uh, we have Dallas tonight and then we have uh we have uh um I think uh, some other OKC or something like that. So, yeah. See,
2: the Celtics have been weird, though, this year. I mean, they'll lose to Detroit, and then they'll beat Chicago.
1: Yeah, it's definitely... Um, there's too many games for this old bunch of, ba- you know, bag of bones. That's pretty yeah, much what, that's what it comes true. down to. So, um, is there anything tonight? Can can you give us any... Uh, and this isn't airing tonight, obviously, but any, any uh, favorite plays you're going to run? Any uh, trick plays we're going to see tonight against... Uh, the catholic I don't know. the, I'm, uh, the know, hated catholic squad <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm I'm forever cursed in that building um, <laughs> but uh I'm not sure I'm thinking about doing um, a little half court trap and possibly a box and one but nice. you know for me it's like I just want to stick to what we do and I'm not going to do any you know I was thinking I was like let's do something different to change it up to start out but I mean we're just playing good enough to let's just stick to what we do let's not throw out anything that we're not used to doing and haven't done on anyone all year, just because we should have beat this team and got screwed by the rest. You know. Yeah.
1: There's one last thing. I'm sorry. I just remembered this play that my coach ran um, when we were in um, high school. I, it only worked once out of a time <laughs> Perfect. Out of a timeout, he uh-huh. it was out of bounds. We were on the opposite end of our our court. Uh-huh. He had a player lay down on the other end of the court. Well, the you know we needed to go the length of the court. Another right the player lay down, and everyone d- didn't realize he was there. As soon as the play started, <laughs> he got up and he threw a, lo-
3: a long court pass, and we got a layup.
1: Oh my gosh! That
3: uh, my my coach in high school pulled something where a kid was acting like he was off the court, but he was still just standing, just on the court. Same sort of thing, and like everyone was assuming that he was rotating out and then he just breaks from the basket and yeah
2: i see i feel like if i ever run something like that someone's going to get hurt on my team <laughs> <really jinx. laughs>
1: you're going to be like darn it i listened to those two dorks and now <laughs> now someone's now we're, out i'm going to
3: run a statue
2: of liberty play i going to run the mighty ducks play on
1: basketball oh yeah good call the, the flying, flying bee, bee. yeah <laughs> um Well, I wanted to quickly talk about, um, or at the end, I wanted to talk about some of the the new music. You still got the bug. You still, you know, that's awesome. I know that Max Bemis from Say Anything sang on a song. Um, Yeah. Let's, you know, tell everybody about the record and how it came about and kind of what your kind of plans are with it. Well, I just
2: the first the first only children record i recorded with mark benning up in colorado and i had been sending him some demos and stuff and he was liking them and just kind of you know it was taking forever i was like i don't want to do this there's no point in doing this and i finally found someone who wanted to give me a little money to go record and so i went and did that and um, mark and i just kept saying don't worry about if it ever comes out you know we're we'll just we're just making it for our moms something like that <laughs> and uh... i was like okay that's fine and uh... so that's kind of what we did we just made it just to make it and uh... actually jim mcpherson remember, remember that band the breeders yes and he was in guided by voices a little bit he played drums on it and uh... which was totally cool to me because I was i'm still a huge breeders fan And I just remember waking up in the morning and watching uh, Breeders videos and going to high school and then having him play on my records like a...
1: That's awesome!
2: It's a a huge thing to me. And probably not a lot of people really remember him or the Breeders, but hopefully they do. Um, But yeah, so now we're just kind of have no label, have no anything, and going to maybe try and see if anyone wants to put it out. And if they don't... I don't know what will happen, it may never come out, but uh... What's it gonna uh, be called? I'm just gonna call it Burwanger. Got it. Kinda like uh... I don't know, it might get big in Germany with, <laughs> uh, last na- with a band name like that. People just like it for the name.
1: Ray, can we brainstorm? We gotta think of some marketing ideas right here. How can we uh... <laughs> yeah, no, you, you should just call yourself Bratwurst.
2: <laughs> Bratwurst? To, that might be good. I feel people, like, my uncle won the first Heisman Trophy, so when people Google that, it'll come up.
1: Are you serious? So that's we, amazing. We've got ten people who will buy the record so far. That's amazing. Yeah. That is like, that's that's like, you know, the real Al, Al Bundy kind of thing, you know? Like, I scored I know, four I'm touchdowns in a single game.
2: <laughs> I See, I'll never be able to be the most famous Burlinger with <laughs> someone like that. <laughs> Uh, My my JV coaching isn't going to bring me to the fame that I thought it might.
1: Do you want to coach varsity?
2: Uh, I would do that. Um, I almost almost applied for a job last year, but uh, the the thing with this is, like, the coach, uh, Dave, and I, we've really been building this program. This program's been in the pits for the last, honestly, like 15 years, and it's been an awful, like, you know, just hasn't won games. And last year we – Got to our first, uh, we won our first sub state in the first in like 16 years. So, it's kind of a really cool thing what we're doing with it right now. It's so
1: awesome.
2: It's kind of cool to be part of.
1: No, it's. I think high school sports is one of the last. <laughs> I mean, college has gotten very, very, you know, diluted in TV and graduating everybody. Thanks, Bob Huggins. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, it's, definitely. I um yeah, it's definitely. Uh, great to see that man so well there's
2: something with, there's something with sports too that like i think that really like when i was making that transition of stopping playing music i was so burnt out on everything like i don't i didn't like anything musically and uh like new stuff really i couldn't find anything i was into and then i started doing sports and then i started thinking about it, i was like why didn't i like sports so much and i just like kept thinking i was like i'd I love it and i would like try and talk myself out of, like why do i like this and I was, like, I finally came to the realization is, like, sports is the only thing it takes 100% talent to succeed in. And I was, I was just, like, thinking about that, and I was, like, that's pretty cool. It was, like, it was, like, anything. I can't think of anything in the world that, like, besides sports that you need 100% talent to succeed in. You know? It's like, music, No. I mean, so many people make it every day. Art, no. I mean, like, becoming a doctor. I mean, do- oh, so many doctors don't know shit. So it's like, uh, I just kind of think that's, a, that's, like, kind of a really cool thing. Is, and to, like, you know, um, you're always around talent and talented people, whether it's in an artistic way or a sports
1: athletic way. Yeah, and I think too, I mean just uh, both both my parents were teachers and just that you're molding these people and they're listening and they're 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 learning so many things on the basketball court that isn't basketball. Exactly. And
2: exactly.
1: That's awesome, man. Well, um, I know you got to get to your game, so... Got
2: to go. No technicals <laughs> tonight, though.
1: Oh, man. No, I, that's why... I mean, I like fights in hockey, so maybe that's why I like technicals. Um. Yeah, they're definitely entertaining. <laughs> I'm pretty sarcastic. That's usually what gets me one. <laughs> nice. Um, well, uh, Josh, thanks so much for um, being a part of this, um, and uh, I think there's a lot of people that... Um, you know we're supportive of you guys and I think we'd be really psyched um, and uh, you know thanks so much man
2: awesome thanks a lot for doing this guys um, I appreciate it and um, yeah whoever's listening I, I appreciate you guys for still remembering about the old anniversary
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> what this site's all about <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> we just we just. that's what's cool I know I know I know
1: Uh, thanks so much for listening to the Washed Up Emo podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter via Washed Up Emo. Uh, on the, uh, Facebook, if you like that, listen to more of these via iTunes. Um, search Washed Up Emo. Um, and uh, the site is, of course, what do you think? washedupemo.com. Uh, send your feedback or requests on who you want on next, and your requests could come true just like today. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so see you next time. Thanks.